Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. What is a queen without her king? Historically speaking, a very effective leader. This is one of your favorite and our favorite recent quotes that we featured on our Instagram, and it is just one of many examples of a little bit of content about men, about your exes, about dating, about falling in love again that you guys have really taken to. And so we know that you want to talk about love and dating after divorce. And we know that the best person to do that with is Laura Lifshitz, who is one of our favorite writers on our blog. She is so compassionate and so smart and her view on love after divorce is that perfect balance between not wanting to settle for someone who's not worthy of you and also hopeful and believing that there is love again out there for her and super optimistic and not getting stuck in the dark and super unproductive places that we can so easily go to when we've been burned before. She's also very relatable and very funny, and this was such a fun interview, and we're so excited to share it with you. You can go to worthy.com slash podcast to read some of her articles that you might find interesting if you enjoy this episode. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Laura. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. I am very excited to be joined today by a very special guest. She has a past on MTV. She used to be a stand-up comedian and actor. She is a graduate of Columbia University, and she is a single mom to a gorgeous and very adorable seven-year-old girl, and (laughs) she is a wonderful writer, I think one of the funniest and smartest writers who's talking about being a divorced woman and a single mom. We're so lucky that she writes for our blog. You can also read her pieces on Pop Sugar Moms and Huffington Post and many, many other places. Welcome to the podcast, Laura Lifshitz. Thank you. That was very sweet. Thanks for saying all those good things. You made me smile. And I love writing for Worthy. I think you guys are great. I think the content is really relevant and inspiring and positive. And that's really, you know, it's not snarky. It's just very real and very relatable, at least to me. So I I, I enjoy writing for you guys. We love having you write for us. And I think you're one of the voices that makes our blog really special because we don't do the bullshit. We're we're very <laughs> honest about about what it's like, yes. and uh, I love yeah. your voice. And I'm so so excited that you are doing this episode with us. Yay! Thank you. Absolutely, we are going to be talking about dating and love today. Woohoo! My favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to start by telling us a little bit about your marriage and your divorce, just so we can get some background. 
my ex and I were together for maybe eight years. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were probably married for six of those. We were separated twice. We we took like a a trial separation for six months. We tried again for another few months. And then we're like, you know, this wasn't working. Um, I was the one who was like, you know, look, I, I don't think we can do this. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he was sitting there going, yes, we, I really, really want to be with you. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe he did. I don't know. He tells me all the time he didn't. So I, yeah. you know, I said, Let, let's do this. This isn't working. And, you know, that was four years ago, actually, like a little over four years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 40 years ago, we, we've been separated since. Uh, we've been divorced for two years. And, you know, he he was actually... You know, I dated a lot of guys. I mean, I had like a new love interest every other day in my 20s, you know. (laughs) In my world, if it rained men, I would be gloriously happy. (laughs) (laughs) I am still waiting for that to happen, you know, but the weather girl, the weather girls were inaccurate. (laughs) It's never happened. (laughs) But um, I loved, I loved men. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just so man- manly and you know I had a new boyfriend every other day and I you know I I tended to always I think like for a long time I just really didn't like great guys honestly mm-hmm. I wasn't attracting the right people you know that's so unusual I've never heard of a, a woman that's into bad boys <laughs> <laughs> I was like wait a second yeah. you know what? it wasn't even I don't even know if it was bad boys per se you know I was pretty smart in that There were a few men I met Mm -hmm. in my 20s that I knew, like, he's attractive, but he's not going to be somebody I can date. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew instinctively, like, this is a bad boy. And I didn't get attached. Right. uh, Which is, you know, uh, (laughs) lucky. Yeah, lucky. But there were a few guys that I got attached to that I shouldn't have, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure. I mean, absolutely. A lot of that had to do with my self-esteem. A lot of that had to do with you know, early experiences. And, you know, it's funny who I am today dating is so different than who I was when I met my ex-husband. And I can say that like, if I knew what I knew today, and if I felt as confident as I did today, as I did back then, my life story would have been totally different. But you know what, I can sit here and wish and mm-hmm. wish that I had made different choices. But that that doesn't do anything. Right. You know, you, you we learn when it's our time to learn. And right, I learned right. and I grew confident when it was my time to grow confident. I think so many people have that experience too. I mean, I think one of the silver linings of divorce is that you really have an opportunity to see what wasn't right and pursue your future with some lessons learned and pursue things that make more sense for you. And that's how it should be viewed. One of the problems I see, um, and I'm Obviously, I'm female, so I have the woman's viewpoint. I mean, for you guys, I really focus on the female voice. But I do really try with a lot of my content. I've actually had men come to me and say that they really like what I write. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, because, well, because I really try to think about everybody. And I yeah. have a lot. I'm, I'm super outgoing. I have yeah. a lot of friends. I love people. I really genuinely do. I love hearing people's stories and I deeply feel for people. I'm very empathetic. Right. I think that comes across in your writing. I mean, I think what's <laughs> I <hope> so, so. <laughs> I do. I think what's so great about your point of view is that it's so honest and it's so human. And that is beyond the female and male experience. That's just the experience of being human. Yeah. And being divorced. Well, one of the things I see is that unfortunately, 
Um, I see this actually a little more for men than I do for women, but the divorces really, really crush them. And I see it with women too. And I think that it's unfortunate because I see it as, yes, a divorce was a failed marriage. It was a failure, but you're supposed to fail in life. You're not supposed to win at everything. And it is a big failure when you think about it, but you can turn it into a win, right? And I think that the most happiest people after divorce turn that into a win. And I see the people that are struggling are not turning it into a win. They're not sitting here and saying, you know, this is what I gathered from this. This is what I got from that. Right. I love that, turning it into a win. That's great. You have to. You have to. Because I could sit here and cry that I have no money and I struggle. And, you know, my daughter will ask, why can't we do this? And well, I don't have money. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm single. And But you know what? I'm happy with who I am. And when you have that and when you say, like, this happened, it's hard. Life is not what I thought it was going to be. Like, I never envisioned being a single mom. Like, mm-hmm. never. Not not a second did I ever think this would be my fate. Right. But then when I look back, I say, you know what? Yeah, this was going to be my fate because I wasn't making the best choices for myself with love because I didn't feel great about me. And I think the biggest thing I could tell anybody after divorce or getting through a divorce is you need to really own your mistakes figure out who you are. And really, you have to turn this into a win. If you ever want to move on after divorce and be with someone else, there's sort of these two camps of people, right? Well, three, okay, there's the people I want to say, like, when it comes to love and dating, I want to say myself, I'm a person that's turned this into a win. And I'm happy with who I am. And I'd like someone else to join me on the journey, right? I'd like a partner, I'd really like a life partner. But then there are two other groups, right? So they're the people who are sitting there like me, like, I'm happy. I have a lot to offer. Who wants to join me on this crazy trip called life, right? So that's like the positive group. Mm -hmm. Then we have the hole fillers. So people who are like, I need somebody. I need somebody. Uh I need somebody. They must fill me up. I can't be alone. Why am I alone? Why do I keep meeting the wrong people? Why do I meet jerks? Why do I go out with and jerks? It's super, super passive. Like all of this is just happening to them, that they're only meeting yes. this kind of person. Because, uh-huh. because a lot of it comes from not that they're bad people at all, because right. I've been there. I've been that empty pot of need, you know? I think we all have. Yeah, yeah. It's like a normal thing, but you don't want to get stuck there. Yes, I think I was right before I met my ex, he's an attractive guy and everything. But I just think I was so nervous about never getting married. All my friends have been married. And I was like, well, I have to be, you know, and I really wanted love. And I think he did too. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think he really wanted that too. Our friends were all married. And we really wanted to have that for ourselves, right? Right. The white picket fence dream without the white picket fence. But, (laughs) you know, so there are hole fillers, there are people that they're separated and they feel like failures. The divorce is done. I need to find somebody else quick, anybody. And they don't sit there and say, well, why am I attracting bad people? Right? Because they're looking for someone else to turn to them and say, you're amazing. But the fact is, even if someone turned to you, like I said, Hey, Audrey, you're amazing. If you sit there and go, well, I don't know. I don't believe you. It doesn't no, matter. No, I'm not. I'm this. I'm yeah. that. You have to have it in you before you can believe it from someone else. 
Yes. And it's the most cliche thing and it's annoying. And people used to tell me that all oh, you need to love yourself. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Oprah Winfrey. Okay. You know, <laughs> like, I know. I know. And there are times when I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't like the way I look. I don't like what I'm wearing. I don't like my hair, my face, whatever the case is. But overall, yeah. I generally like myself. I, it's so important to find the way to love yourself, even if it has nothing to do with the way you look. I mean, I don't know if you can ever really be happy until you believe that you deserve to be happy. And that's part of it, right? So a lot of people exit the divorce feeling defeated. And that's mm-hmm. really, that is normal. It's totally. normal to feel that way, right? You put your whole life into somebody and then you like walk away and right. you have nothing. Sometimes you have, you know, really Negative. literally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the positive group. You've got the whole filling group and then you've got the, oh my gosh, I am devastated and scared and I am never coming back out of my house again group. You know, the people that are like, I'm never going to meet anybody, men suck or, I mean, I see it on the posts all the time. Like people like guys are like, oh, she did me in for my money. And just like the people who have decided that, you know what, I'm never going to take this risk again. I'm never going to be hurt again. I am just going to lock myself up in my own little world and keep everyone out. I've been burned once and I'm not willing to risk it again. Yes. It's just, it's a terrible way to live life. But you know, it it happens a lot. Here's a great example. I went out on a date with somebody, maybe it was, it was about a year ago. Really nice guy. You know, I don't know if we had a lot of chemistry. Uh We didn't. But <laughs> we didn't, but he yeah. was really not like I would have gone out with him again only okay. because you know what? He was nice. He was smart. He yeah, could carry a conversation and he was a dedicated father. And those are like things that I like in Big someone. Things, yeah. Um, but we weren't obviously a love match. But mm-hmm. in any event, you could tell that even though he had been divorced longer than I was, separated longer than I was, it was like he still wasn't on board with the idea of having an identity outside of his children. Like, you know, like he hadn't had a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. He still talked about the marriage like it happened last year. And for me, I just walked away saying, you know what? He's a super nice guy. I don't think he's ready. You know, and it's funny, like, I almost wanted to text him and be like, look, you know, (laughs) I don't think you're ready, but like, I'm here for you as your friend and I'm going to encourage you, you know? That's so sweet. (laughs) But most guys don't want to hear that. Right, right, right. (laughs) And probably most women too. I mean, you know. Yes, I agree. I'm sure he's trying, you know, and same thing for our listeners if they're not there yet. You know, of course we know that. It takes time and everybody's journey is different. But I think of the three groups that you mentioned, I think it's good for people to try to aim and be in the first group, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> but I see a lot of people get caught in the cycles of those two groups. Right. And because, um, you know, fear. I mean, with the last group, the people that lock themselves away, it's really fear, right? Right. It's a risk analysis. They're sitting there and saying, I can hang out by myself and be just fine, or I can get involved with someone and end up sitting there splitting my assets again, you know? And I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand the, the fear of that. It's not, it, it wasn't a fun experience. It's not fun for me to of still deal with someone who's difficult, you know, a difficult ex. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you can sit and be just fine by yourself and there's nothing wrong with being alone. You don't need to have anyone to be happy. That's but right. at the same time, you might be missing out on something great. I think so too. You know? Right. So let me ask you a question. You said that your marriage ended kind of slowly, like you had taken a couple of different breaks. So 
do you think that the way that it didn't have kind of a sudden end or it didn't come out of nowhere impacted what it was like for you to get back out there when you started dating? I mean, what was it like when you went on your first date after divorce? You know, I think that the way a marriage ends, yes, it could definitely affect how somebody views dating, right? right? I think because this was something that I felt was the best choice for me, I think that that made it a lot easier for me to move forward. Uh, at the time, you know, he was a little more present and around for our daughter. That did help. Mm-hmm. And like I have a girlfriend who, you know, the husband had an affair, you know, those right. things are pretty jolting. So I do think that when somebody has like a, hey, by the way, I, I just want to leave or, oh, uh-huh. by the way, I'm sleeping with the nanny and we're going to get married two months from now. Oh my God. It does make it very hard for someone to cope because they didn't know. Right. Right. But at the same time, I also believe that people don't know what they don't want to know. And yeah. that the reality is there are very few surprises in life if you were paying attention. But there are some people that choose to sit there and not look at what's going on. You know, yeah. for me, my first date, you know, it's funny. I think, um, I think he might follow me on Facebook, actually. <laughs> he was a divorce guy, too. He was really nice. He was uh-huh. he was somebody that I matched with online. It was a website. At that time, like, the apps weren't as popular. Now they're really popular and right. they're actually easier. Uh-huh. But um, it was a website. And I said to him, like, you know, I'm kind of nervous, not because I don't feel ready to date, but just because I haven't gone just done this online thing in a while. So I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm nervous. And I, I'll be honest with you, like, I really don't like online dating. I don't really think it's my best venue. Um, and yeah. I'll get into that in a little while. But okay. anyway, I met this guy at like just a bar and I, I could tell by his messages and stuff that he was nice. And he was. I didn't feel... That, that chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just, a he was a nice guy and like we could talk and, you know, we could relate with each other. But I mean, I, a part of me is like, if one of my girlfriends was like, Oh, you know, I, what do you think of him? I would say you should go out with him. Cause he was nice. Yeah. Right. He was a really, just not, really for nice you. Person. not the right fit for you. Yeah. We okay. just, just didn't fit that. And I found that in my early dating experiences that most of the times there were some nice guys that like just, yeah, we just didn't have that connection. But there were definitely a few guys. There was one guy who was really mean. And mm. I think I was still fresh and still unsure. And in the what's wrong with me needy stage that uh-huh. I went out with him twice. And I was like, now I wouldn't even think twice of looking yeah. at him, you know, because he was just mean. But I think at the time I was fragile. Um, and then one other guy who I felt, we just went out once, but I, I think I was just naive. I think I was just more naive in the beginning. Um, I went out a few times with somebody like a mutual friend. He was really great, but then he flaked out. But for me, I think I was just ready to date because I had felt so alone in the marriage for so long right. that I really missed that companionship. Yeah. But I think for me personally... I don't think I was confident enough to really find the right person. And I don't think that's everybody's journey. After I just think for me, part of what got me into my marriage was the fact that I didn't feel confident in myself. And that's why I ended up there, you know. So it was something that I needed to resolve. And I feel good about myself. In fact, now when I meet people or I talk to people or I swipe left or swipe right, I have never been wrong about someone I've met. 
I've always wow. said, you know what, this person is going to be like this. And it's always been right. And I've been able to kind of like keep myself away from anyone bad because I have good judgment now because I have confidence. When you right. have confidence in yourself and you have boundaries, uh-huh. it changes a lot. Right. You're not willing to waste your time because you feel that your time is valuable. Yes, but you're also willing to tell people, this is what I need and this is what I don't need, right? Yeah. And I think that a lot of women have a hard time with boundaries. They yeah. just let people walk all over them or they're like, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this. Or you know what? This guy messaged me and he said something really not that great, but I'm going to go out with him anyway. Uh-huh. You have to have boundaries for yourself. You have yeah. to sit there and have expectations of how you want to be treated because you're teaching people how to treat you that way right? Yeah. Like you set the bar (laughs) for how you deserve to be treated by the way that you treat yourself. Yes, exactly. Lead by example. Like for example, one guy, he messaged me something. It was very nice. Mm -hmm. You know, like nothing, nothing like, oh, flowery, but it was like normal. Uh Then the second, the second thing he said to me was, when did you get breast augmentation done? Oh, thank you. (laughs) That's such a weird thing to say. I was like, actually, uh, never. And this is the end of our conversation. You know, good for you. Because I was setting the boundary that that's inappropriate. Right. You don't say that to me. I don't like people that do that. Yes. I'm leaving. Good for you. But let's be honest. A raise of hands for all the women listening right now. How many of you could say that somebody's messaged you or said something inappropriate and you've sort of let it slide? Yeah. You know, every time you let someone slide, it's like you're lowering yourself. And lowering your standards. Yeah. 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 You know, you, you set the stage. Like a friend of mine the other day said, you know, I messaged this guy and he hasn't gotten back to me in three days. Should I message him? And I said, no. And of course you shouldn't message him. Yeah. You set the bar. The bar and the expectation is you want somebody that reaches out to you, that communicates with you, that right. wants to have a relationship with you. You don't sit there and chase after people and say, hey, hey, like me, you know? You know, this is this is that episode of Sex in the City that the movie He's Just Not That Into You is based on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's such good advice when you just think about that one line. Like, a guy that's into you is going to make it happen. He's going to say nice things to you. He's going to be respectful. He's going to be trying to impress you and make you feel good. And a guy who's not is not going to be putting in that effort. And don't put in the effort if he's not putting the effort in. Exactly. You know, you're not supposed to bend yourself into a pretzel in order to fit someone's desires. You're supposed to be the pretzel that you are. And hopefully (laughs) someone likes your saltiness, your sweetness, whatever it is. Side of mustard. (laughs) Getting hungry. That's really cute. I like that. The pretzel that you are. (laughs) Yes, the pretzel that you are. So, you know, I say like why you shouldn't you shouldn't chase after somebody because the reality is. If somebody wants you around, they'll find a way to make it happen, whether you guys are far away, whether you guys have children on different custody schedules, you just make it happen, right? Because we always make, you know, what's important to us a priority. Yeah. When you want something, you make it happen. Exactly. Yes. I think that's like the best dating advice just in general for everyone. (laughs) But it's like the golden rule, I think, of dating. Well, the other golden rule of dating, that is something that 
I, you know, remind people of is Mm -hmm. you cannot take online dating personally. So if you're swiping left and right and you match with, let's just say Joshua and you message him and he doesn't get back to you. It's not about you. For all you know, Joshua could have come out of the closet. Joshua (laughs) could have decided to get reconnected with his girlfriend from high school. Exactly. You know, you just don't know. I actually have a friend who was dating a Joshua who ended things (laughs) and got back together with his ex. (laughs) Wow. I really uh, do. (laughs) That's really weird. Yeah. But that, you're right. That kind of thing happens. It, it's not necessarily like every relationship that doesn't work out doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Well, in the case of online dating, it's different, right? It's not really a relationship. You're trying to get a date. And what happens a lot, and I could say this for me, is that like sometimes I message somebody and they don't message me back. And I don't mm-hmm. sit there and go, what's wrong with me? Don't they like blondes? Should don't I change they like cute my little pictures? Blondes? Yeah. <laughs> right. Did I say something wrong? I just figure it just wasn't a, a match. And sometimes I don't get, I don't get back to a lot yeah. of guys that message me. One guy messaged me the other day and he did the female thing, which we're going to talk about that too. Cause this is something else I think women need to not do off the bat. Okay. What is that? Okay, so the first message he sent me was, what are you looking for? And I'm like, okay, how about where do you live? How about what do you do? I said, I'm looking for a long-term partner, and I don't rush into that kind of choice. I, I take the journey, right? I take it uh-huh. slow. And he's like, oh, well, I tend to go a little quickly. And I was like, whoa, yeah. you know? Um, and that, that was like, uh, I don't like this. Like I was like, right. eh, that's not good. And he mentioned, you know, like if I want to put a ring on somebody fast, I will. Ooh. And, and it felt like his whole message to me read desperation, desperation, yeah, desperation. And I didn't message back. It's not very attractive. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Usually women tend to be the ones who are guilty of that, uh-huh. right? I've, I've, I've actually been with some of my single guy friends and I've sat there and looked That's on Tinder. That's one of my favorite things Bumble. to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I sit there and I'll go, oh, you can go out with her. Oh, yeah. you can't go out with that one. Right. This one's a red flag. This one, if you're looking for a good time, but make sure she knows what the plan is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, two of the things that I, I see a lot is that women will say, you know, I'm looking for something serious, you know? And I think even in the beginning, I might've said, you know, not looking for a hookup. That's mm-hmm. okay. But I think if you're like, I'm looking for the one, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. It's like, you know what? Just chill out. Yeah. Um, you know, chill out. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we also hear from a lot of people who just like, they had these slow ends to their marriages and they find themselves living a life without sex at all. And so then all of a sudden they're a single woman again and they have the opportunity to go out there and just be with a man. And that's, you know, no judgment from me on that. No, not at all. Right. There is a time for that, honey. You know, (laughs) there's different ways to get back out there. Well, the problem is more that that they're like, I'm looking for the Prince Charming. And it's like, here's my list of things. Or the other big thing that I see, every time I see a guy write this, I don't contact him. When they say, I don't like drama, Uh. drama free, (laughs) or they mention their past and how horrible it was. Uh, Open wounds. 
it's it's an open yeah. wound. And even if you say like my life's great, drama free, it's like no, most likely if you're bringing up drama. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So with that, we're gonna yeah. take a quick break, and we will be right back with Laura. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. Okay, we are back with Laura. And Laura, I wanted to talk with you about deal breakers. So I want to know what your biggest deal breakers are. And I want to know (laughs) if they are the same deal breakers that you had before you met your husband, your ex-husband. Ex-husband. Watch your (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Watch it, lady. We we were friends a few minutes ago. No, just joking. <laughs> you know, deal breakers for me. Um, I don't want any kid, any more children. I had a really tough pregnancy with my daughter. I had failed pregnancies. That's so I, hard. you know, I love children, so I'm more than willing to accept anybody else's kids as my own. Like I'm very loving. I I love kids. I have a huge heart. So if anybody has kids, I'm, I, I'll love them, but I don't want to have any okay. of my own again. I'm just, you know, that ship has sailed. Yeah, you have a perfect um, little girl. Yes, and I suffered like hell for her, Aww. so I cannot do it again. And uh, I've done it again. It was not successful. So I really just, yeah, that that's one of the biggest things. I had a guy message me the other day and he was like, you know, I am divorcing my wife because she doesn't want kids. And I said, well, then you definitely don't want to go out with me because I'm not planning on having any more children. And he was like, oh, but you know, you seem so amazing and beautiful. And I'm like, I get it. You need to go find somebody that wants to give you a baby. Don't settle today. You know, and I sent him off his merry way, you know. Um, So yeah, a deal breaker is if they want more kids, I'm not doing that. I, I can't. Um, I want somebody who's an active father. I would say that I'm totally cool with dating someone who doesn't have children, mm-hmm. but I tend to really, I'm, you know, I kind of like somebody who already has kids because yeah. they understand where, they get I, where I'm coming from and they get it. I find it, I am thinking of somebody in particular who's like a really great guy that I know. And mm-hmm. he's a wonderful dad and it is extremely attractive to me somebody that is so caring and nurturing and has time with his children. I don't like somebody who's like, yeah, I see them every other weekend unless Mm -hmm. they have a very, very, very good reason. Right. I like somebody who's a hands-on father. Okay. Because I know how much my own daughter misses her dad. She doesn't see him as much as she would like. So for me, it's just, it's important. And I'm such a hands-on mom and I have her so often that I want someone who could really relate to me. Let's see. Um, I am not a couch potato. Okay. So somebody who sits there and they're like, yeah, you know, I watch 10 different shows each week and I'm really attached to my video game controller (laughs) would be, I would never want to go out with them. That's a hard no for you. (laughs) It's a hard no for me. Okay. I I would drive them crazy. They'd be like, why are you, why are you getting up again? Why are you going to the gym? Why are you going to run? 
do you ever sit still? Like, so that, that's a one, that's a hard no. Hard no. And okay. I love smart guys, a guy that is smart and is a great listener. Somebody who remembers what you say, who really takes the time to put his phone away and pays attention is absolutely like, it's so sexy. Yes. Yes. Gosh, um, deal breakers, deal breakers. Um, you know, there were definitely a lot of conversations about my education in like my former marriage. I would like somebody educated. I don't, Uh I don't think it's a hard no for me if they're not though. Yeah. But that's another turn on for you. It's just another turn on for me. And you know what? Somebody who is supportive of my craft. Not a lot of people understand writers. Not a lot of people want to. They might Uh think it's weird. But I guess somebody who really supports me and what I do. Yeah. And you deserve to be supported. I mean, I think that your articles make a lot of women feel brave and hopeful. I hope so. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) I'm proud of your work. And I'm sure that whoever you you end up with is going to also take a lot of pride in that because you do pretty amazing stuff. Thank you. I hope so. You're welcome. You know, is my list different than it was before I got married? Probably the kid yeah. stuff is different. The, the kid stuff is different. Uh-huh. But you know what? I think that, yes, I, because I think that before I got married, I think it was just, oh, does he love me? Is he attractive? Does he want to commit? Right. Sounds great. Sign me. Sign up here. Whereas here, I'm sitting here thinking like, who is a good guy for me? And like, I know that somebody who's not so cold, like, you know, somebody who is gentle and compassionate, you know, some women are very attracted by the man that's like, yeah, here I am. I'm the tough guy. Uh I'm not. Okay. Because probably because I am tough and I don't need them to sit there and and be, you know, some big macho guy. I don't like that. I'm not turned on by that. I like somebody who's more who can sensitive. stand up for himself and has a spine. He has to have a spine. Yeah. But somebody who is more gentle and, and more, you know, compassionate and like a friendly, outgoing exterior. I like somebody who's more laid back because they complement my energy level, I think. That makes sense. So what about sense of humor? We didn't talk about sense of humor. <laughs> here's here's a good deal breaker question for you. If okay. you meet a guy, let's say he's got like two kids and it's every other week with him. He's super involved in their lives. He's well-educated. He has a good job, but he isn't funny at all. Deal breaker? Mm, you know, it's... Okay, let me make it easier for you. What if he thinks he's really funny <laughs> and he's <laughs> always making jokes and they're terrible? I don't know if I've ever met anyone like that. And here's the thing, <laughs> you know, I did stand up for yeah. a living. And so somebody who thinks they're funny, but isn't most likely isn't going to want to get involved with somebody who's like the critique <laughs> of funny, I guess. That could be true. You got a good out on that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of somebody that I know and I kind of like, and he... He, he, he appreciates my sense of humor, which, okay, so somebody who thinks I'm funny matters. My ex didn't yeah. always think I was funny. So that should have been a big signal right there. But he thinks I'm funny. Uh-huh. And, you know, he says things that makes me laugh. And I like his dark humor. And I, you know. That's fun. I, so it is nice someone who makes me laugh does matter. But mm-hmm. I think it's 
really important to me, like for someone to laugh at my goofiness. Yeah, because I think especially for you, I mean, your humor is such a big part of your life. And I think it's a big part of your voice and the things that you write. If somebody couldn't appreciate that, it would be like they're missing a part of you. So maybe they don't need to be funny, but they need to have a good sense of humor. Yes. Okay. Or and they need to appreciate my sense of yeah. humor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's a part of you. That's the difference between appreciating you and not appreciating you. It's a part of you. Yes. And that was part of what I don't think my ex really appreciated me. I don't yeah, think he understood me. And to be fair, I don't think I understood him all the time. So uh-huh. yeah, he definitely, I felt like he wanted to like, make me be someone who I wasn't. That was really tough. That's one of the things that I think changes the most after a divorce is that when you know what didn't fit and you put a lot of effort into making it fit, it's it's easier to decide not to do that again after divorce because you know what it feels like to be pushing something to fit that doesn't. And it's easier to not do that, I think. It is. I think what's really attractive to me is somebody that I feel comfortable with uh-huh. and somebody that I feel like I can trust and be myself with because, you know, I'm a strong personality and I don't, you know, I don't want to feel bad for who I am. Which is a wonderful thing, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you. But I, I often felt like it wasn't a yeah. wonderful thing in the last marriage. So it's, you know, nowadays I see it as, you know, what I'm really great. And I have a lot to offer. Like now, honestly, I could say that I would make a better wife today than I did when I got married. That's so interesting. I I wholeheartedly am positive of that. But you know what? Before we were talking about the three different mindsets of dating. And once you're able to say, okay, this is who I am. And I like these things about myself. And I'm okay just the way I am. I don't need to be perfect. And I deserve to be happy. I think that puts you in a position to be a better partner to somebody else too. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, my my tank is on full, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have a lot of my own life that matters to me and I'm passionate about. I'm just looking for somebody to join the circus. You know, that's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's really smart because you have a lot going on in your life. You've got this great daughter and you have a career that's important. And, you know, it's, I think it's fun also your work. And I I mean, I have fun with your work, but I think, you know, you do have a very full life. So what percentage of your life would you say is about dating and finding a relationship? Like how much emphasis are you putting on finding a partner in your life? And what do you think is like the right way for people to approach it? You kind of hear these stories about women who it's like they're looking for it. And and we were talking a little bit about desperation before. What is the right approach to looking for someone? How much of your time should this take up? I mean, I don't think there is some calculation, you know, like, like here, you should be doing this or that. I think the problem becomes when women are getting out there and with every bad date, they're coming home and they're feeling bad about themselves. And Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. um, I went on a bad date recently and it was just kind of like, oh, I would have rather stayed home and read my book, but whatever. But I saw it as I got myself out there. Yeah. That's what matters. In my opinion, it's always a tragedy when you could have been in sweatpants. And you went out. (laughs) But see, I like to go out. Right. But here's the thing. I see it as you should see dating as most likely the chances of this person being the one is slim. Mm -hmm. You're going to just go out there and you're going to learn 
about someone new and mm-hmm. learn something about yourself. So go out there and have experiences. I actually think the best way to do things is to get involved in activities, right? The problem is for a lot of us, we're single moms, we're busy. We don't have time to take up, you yeah. know, mahjong and park TV <laughs> and join 50 million meetup groups, right? right? That's why online is so, you know, it's so good for us. So tell us your advice about online dating. You mentioned that you have advice about online dating. Yes. So my first thing is ladies, like, don't put it out there that your heart was broken. Nobody wants to hear the negativity. Nobody wants to see you as a train wreck. Tell them what makes you amazing, what makes you special, what makes you fantastic. So that's like my first thing. Yeah. Like don't lead with it. You'll get there. Don't lead with it. Lead with the positives. And don't let your heartbreak define you on a dating profile or any place else. It's a part of you, but it's not all of you. Yeah. You shouldn't even, if you're really that heartbroken, you shouldn't be online, quite honestly. That's That's another thing. If you're really that broken up and you still have all this anger towards your ex, like you need to take time off. That that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. Keep in mind what you wear. Um, when I go on first dates, I usually dress down so they don't get to see all the sexiness because you know what? Mm. I'm not there to, to fool around with somebody. I'm there to sit there and kind of decide who this person is, assess as best as I can in a short period okay. of time and let them assess in a short period of time who I am. And you know what? Sometimes that means I actually dress down. Um, yeah, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, but I think keep in mind, a lot of us after divorce, we've been sex deprived or the sex lives weren't great. And you're wanting to have that, that part, you're wanting to feel sexy and like a woman, which is fabulous, but just, you know, you're not just your sexy package, you know, you're not right. just your booty or breasts, whatever it is, like be, be yourself, let people get to know you. Don't, if guys don't message you, don't care. Uh, yeah. Don't chase them to ask Let you out. Let them ask you out. And if they don't, move on to the next. Really, move on to the next. And most importantly, I think, keep it with a grain of salt. You know, the chances of you meeting the one on, you know, one match, it, it, it's rare. But the thing is, mm-hmm. there is no percentage of time that you should be looking for the one. Like, I'm not sitting here going online every day. I'm just not. I do when I can, I do. I look occasionally, you know, or whatever the case is, you know, but really the most important thing is I just put myself out there. I try. And if a date is bad, that's okay. You know, like the, the way I see it is there's somebody that will absolutely adore and love every part of me. And I'm just waiting for him to show up, you know, and uh, I'm waiting for the universe to deliver him. I have a a quote from one of my favorite articles that you've written for Worthy. It's called To the Men Who Weren't Worthy, Thank You, where you're thanking men from your past who were terrible to you. Yes. Yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) But you did exactly what you were talking about earlier in this episode about you know, kind of finding the lessons and and getting to a place where you can identify that you're somebody who's worthy of love and worthy of happiness and looking for someone to join your circus, right? Yes, I'm looking for another ringleader. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> 
and tall and I don't know I'm not familiar with sexy ringleaders I think we may have taken the the circus (laughs) analogy too far too far maybe we can find you a nice lion that's that might work better that sounds good (laughs) so in this great article you wrote someday I will find someone who knows I am worth committing to and he will do everything in his power to secure my love and respect and commit to me wholly and then I'll consider committing to him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, right? And maybe I will. Maybe I, I will. Love you that. Know? It takes a lot for me. It takes a lot for me to be like really amazed by somebody. Mm-hmm. And there is somebody I like. We're we're friends as of now. That's kind of how he wants it to be. But mm-hmm. um, and I would say one of the things that I really like about him is that I respect him as a person. I yeah. think he has great values. And I, that really matters to me. You know what, that's a deal breaker. Somebody who doesn't have good values, but somebody who's really like, a, he's a really kind person that really matters to me. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap things up. This has been so much fun, though. And I, know, I, yeah. I think you just have such a good perspective on what life after divorce can be like. And I think that our listeners are going to come away with some really helpful tips from you. But most importantly, for them to make their life after divorce, to turn it into a win. Yeah. Okay, because let's not let's not lie. It just it. You know, someone's like, oh, you can't, you shouldn't call divorce a failure. Why? Everyone fails. People fail every yeah. day. Failures are, are opportunities to learn too. If, if you've ever seen me mini golf, you know what failure <laughs> is. You know what I mean? Like, So you can't sit there and say, oh, I'm never going to fail. Guess what? You're going to fail a lot. I guarantee you. You're a parent. You're going to fail every second yeah. of every day. You're going to go to bed and say, why did I do this? So the point is, turn this into a win. You can sit here and cry. You can say, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? It's not going to get you any further. You're just going to be sitting there backpedaling. So move on. That's such good advice. Yeah. Okay. And one final question. I know that when (laughs) you worked at MTV, you were hosting Say What Karaoke, right? Yes. Yeah. So what is your karaoke song? (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh oh my god well based on the earlier conversation it could be it's raining men it's raining no. men <laughs> no I mean I like I don't know I, that's a tough question I think go with it's raining men that's a that's a really it's good karaoke song men. too Hallelujah. god bless mother nature there you go perfect that's amazing (laughs) yeah that'll be my it's raining man this is totally humiliating i hope my dad doesn't listen to this (laughs) podcast my dad either no dad's allowed (laughs) Uh, honestly i'm just telling you hal lipschitz if you're listening you know that i got most of my sense of humor from you (laughs) thanks again to laura lipschitz for joining us and to all of you for listening Next week, we will be joined by Aaron Levine, divorce lawyer extraordinaire and the founder of Hello Divorce. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. 
Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how little you're willing to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more.